about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to this week's program. This program is called All In With The Lord. There's never been a better time to be all in with the Lord now. If you're not going to be all in in this day and age, you might as well hang it up because the, the world around you is having a fit. You know, they don't know what to believe anymore. And on this program, we dive into how to believe more in the Lord, how to have a stronger uh, sense of the Lord in our lives, how to live more uh, victoriously in the in the word of god with the word of god with christ in us so if you're up for that and you'd like to learn more about how to transform who you are and do it quickly because there's not a lot of time to lose and and have victory over every circumstance and situation that occurs in your life then this is the program you want to listen to on today's program, we're talking about how to have a deeper, stronger belief in God's Word that will allow you and I to have more immediate results with prayer. That's right. I said immediate, not yearly, not years down the road, not months down the road, but immediate. If you're not getting immediate results right now, I guess the question is, why not? What are you doing? And what are you believing? Because God's word never returns void. That's what he tells us. So I'm going to start out by reading here from Isaiah 43, uh, 25 to through 26. Now, this particular scripture deals with one very serious element of our lives, this element of guilt. One of the reasons people don't even pray is because they feel guilty even before they pray. They do. They feel guilty. They feel like it's not, I'm, I'm not worthy of the prayer, right? So we, on this program, we want to deal with that. And we want to deal with now, how can you absolutely know that you are worthy and ready to receive anything you ask for in his name? So, in Isaiah 43, 25 through 26, it says, I, even I am, he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Review the, review the past for me. Let us argue the matter together. State the case for your innocence. In other words, repent. <clears throat> So, this is that was the New International Version. Uh, now I'm going to read it from the Message Version, uh, because it has a little different twist in it. But I, yes, I am the one. Who do you think that is? That's God, right? Who takes care of your sins. That's Jesus. God Almighty with Jesus. Now, this is Old Testament, so this is before Jesus came. But God was taking care of the sins because he promised Jesus would come. So the people in the Old Testament had to believe in the promise that he was going to send a Messiah. 
So by believing in the promise, they had their sins blotted out. So here we have, but I am the one who takes care of your sins, that what I do, I don't keep a list of your sins. I don't keep a list. He doesn't list them. You know, if, if you've ever been married to a list person or, or are associated with one, you know that everything goes on a list. And it, lists are good. But, and, and God uses lists, I'm sure, for the right reasons. But in this case, he's not listing your sins. <clears throat> That's important. So make your case against me. Let's have this out. Make your arguments. Prove in the right your original ancestor started the sinning, and everyone since then has joined in. That's why I had to disqualify the temple leaders. This is Jesus talking, and and, and our in God talking as in the Old Testament of what was happening with the temple leaders. But at the same time, what he's saying to us is he's not counting our sins. You might be counting them. And, and I think that that's one of the issues we all have. We know what we are or what we were. Let's put it that way. We know who we were, what we were, and when we were. So we tend to list our sins. He's not doing it. God blots them out. Blot. Did you ever blot? You probably, you know, and, and I don't even know if you can blot on in Word, um, but you can delete. So another word is delete, okay, for the uh, new technology group. So God deletes your sins. He remembers them no more. He's not even keeping a list. He's not keeping a file with a list of your sins. See, the big key thing here, God's working on an element called grace that no other religion has. No other religion has. You go to any other religion and you're going to find out that your good works are going to have to qualify you for whatever it is you want. And they're hoping that their good works will outweigh their bad works, causing them to rise up into a higher realm when they die and go to heaven. There's a lot of different groups that believe in a God. Sometimes they call them by a different name, but they're missing the real element of the heart of God. And that's His grace and mercy. His grace and mercy, the God who created the universe, who made and designed every element that you are, the human body, he also created grace and mercy. Now, for you to earn it means you have to do something. And the minute you have to do something, I'm going to tell you what, you will fail because you fall short knowing that you're not able to continually live up to what he is telling us to do. I've heard other religions say things like, we'll pray and hope our sins are forgiven, that our sins will be forgiven because we'll do good works that outweigh the bad. Never a problem doing good works. That's not a problem, but that's not how you get the grace. That's not how you get into the heart of God. That's not how you have a promised eternity in heaven. It is by grace. It is by forgiveness. It is by love. It is by mercy. And by mercy, we get in. So that is Isaiah 43, 25 through 28. Now, let's go to Hebrews. This is still Old Testament. 8, verse 12 through and 13. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins 
no more. Now, this is a whole different place now. The other one was Isaiah. This is Hebrews. I will for remember their sins no more by calling this covenant new. He has made the first one obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will soon disappear. Now, you can read this in Hebrews 8, chapter 8, 12, and 13. This is God talking, for I will forgive their wickedness, not even sins, wicked. There, you, you might look around today and see a lot of wickedness in the world. He'll forgive the wickedness and remember their sins no more. If people will co- understand there is a new covenant, a covenant is, is two uh, people agreeing in covenant. The, back in the Indian days and other it was blood covenant. Everything was blood by the blood in the old covenant. The Old Testament, it was a covenant between God and man. In the new, the new covenant, it is a covenant between the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, who did what he did, died on the cross, came up, forgave us, and that has made the first covenant obsolete. And what is obsolete and outdated will disappear. So the Old Covenant, even though, even though it's very valuable in knowing how they had to live by faith in the Old Covenant, because in the Old Covenant, they had to have the faith that the Messiah was coming. So God prophesied through his prophets that he would send a Messiah <coughs> to forgive sin, to reverse the curse, to get rid of the problem. He promised it. And it was believing in that the promise was to come that they had their sins blotted out. Now, here we are talking about it being obsolete. That old way of doing it is obsolete. You, I'm not making this up. Go read it yourself. If you haven't opened a Bible, open one. Go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 8, verse 12 and 13. Now, let's jump to the New Testament, 1 John uh, 1, chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. If we confess our sins, he, who's he? God and his son Jesus, and I'll tell you why. He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins, and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. Okay, now this is big, really big, okay? We're going back here to 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Number one, the Old Testament prophets had to believe the Messiah was coming and that he would forgive their sins. And by them believing that, by them believing that, their sins were blotted out. Now, now we have the new covenant, which made the old covenant obsolete. And here it is. If we confess our sins, well, number one, if you don't admit you sin, if you don't judge yourself that it is a sin, then you can't confess it. You wouldn't confess it. If you didn't know there was a law 
Um, if there was never a law for speeding, you would not break the law. Therefore, you would not have to confess it because you wouldn't even say it's a law. Right? Right. Prior to the Ten Commandments and prior to other um, things in the Old, Older Testament, there was no law. Then came the law of Moses. So here we are in a new covenant that made all the old obsolete. And if we judge ourselves that it is sin because we know what sin is, then he, who's he? In this case, it is Jesus who was sent by God. He, he, Jesus is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins because God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one. So let's not think I'm trying to differentiate there, but they're one. But in this case, it's Jesus and what he did in the New Testament that changes everything. It is a game changer. It changes everything. What Jesus did. He is faithful and just and will forgive us. We aren't forgiving us. He is forgiving us. Let's get that straight. We aren't doing anything other than admitting that we are sinners. We are admitting we're sinners. We are not no longer sinning. I challenge you, and that goes for any leader, any pastor. You tell me you don't sin at all, and I'll call you a liar. Because God said you are. So sin is present. But we repent. We repent of sin. We judge ourselves. And he, Jesus and God, will forgive us. And here, listen to this. And purify us from all unrighteousness. You can't purify you. He's going to purify you. You can't do it. You can't do it. I'm saying it again. You can't on your own purify yourself. However, by continually confessing what you have done wrong to the Lord and admitting it and judging yourself and then move on under grace because you're forgiven, he will, through a process, cause you to be purified. What does that mean? That means that the next time it happens to you, Maybe you'll know a little bit more or hold hold out a little longer before it happens. And a little longer until finally one day you will no longer act in that same manner or do that thing. It won't be you, though. It'll be the Holy Spirit who purified you and transformed you because of a process. What's the process? It is judging yourself, calling it sin, and receiving the grace and mercy that he, Jesus and God, has offered you. If you will accept that grace and mercy, you're living a free, happy life. And don't worry about the non-purified part, because God is going to take care of it. You can rest. He, he is purifying you from all unrighteousness. What is unrighteousness? The opposite of righteousness. You, one of the biggest problems the church has is they don't believe they're, they're worthy, righteous in front of God. And God's telling you he sees you righteous. You are delivered from all unrighteousness. 
if we claim we have not sinned, now so back to the pa- the pastors and leaders. If anyone says, "Well, I'm sanctified. I'm I'm living a sanctified life. I am really a holy man of God, and I'm oh my God, get away from that person. I'm telling you, they're lying. And here it is: if we claim we have not sinned, we make him God and Jesus out to be a liar. Do you want to be the one making him out to be a liar? I hope not, because his word then is not in you, and that is not a good thing. If his word is not in you, that is not a good thing. I'll tell you that right now. So what am I talking about here today? We're talking about getting to a, a wisdom, getting wisdom about how we're going to use faith, feeling worthy to receive the manifestation of prayers because not because of how worthy we are but how worthy Jesus in us is so Matthew 18:21 to 35 then Peter came to Jesus and asked Lord how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me up to 7 times Jesus answered I tell you not 7 times but 70 times 7 Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And he began, as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. 10,000 bags of gold. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me. I'm working this out. I am going to fix this. Be patient with me, he begged him, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Wait a minute. Be patient with me. Servants who owed him the ten. Okay, I jumped ahead here a little bit. Pay, okay, 10,000 bags since he was not able to pay, the master ordered it. At this, the servant fell on his knees. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, canceled it. Okay, that is an indication of how God sees your sin. It's canceled. When you hear that voice inside of you saying you can't be healed, you can't be wealthy, you can't be delivered, you can't be this, you can't be... say Here's the word. Canceled. Canceled. That thought is canceled. My sin is canceled. That is the way God handles it. Canceled. Get used to using it. When those words come up in your mind, which they will all day long, They can come up and say, you're not worthy. You'll never get this. You're doing something wrong. You have to fix it. You're never going to be worthy. The word is canceled. You're done, thought. Disappear. My sin, my unrighteousness is thrown out, blotted out, erased, deleted. Delete, cancel. Delete, cancel. So what happened? But when the servant went out, now he got his debt canceled. Boy, can you imagine how great he felt? All that he owed, and now it's canceled, and he can just go out and be a free man and be happy. But what happened was he went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Now he owned uh, owed ten thousand bags of gold. This guy owned a hundred sil- owed a hundred silver coins. He grabbed them, began to choke them. 
Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him. Be patient with me. I'll pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that happened. Then the master called the servant in. And what did he say? You wicked servant. I canceled all your debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back what he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Okay, so here we are. What is complicated about this? We have had a debt canceled. Listen, we got to get this. Anybody listening, we have got to get this. God canceled your sin debt. He canceled it. He canceled it. But what about what I do today? It's canceled when you admit it. What about tomorrow? It's canceled. It's canceled. It's canceled. It doesn't have to be blotted out. The can't the new made the old obsolete. It's canceled, deleted, gone. But we judge ourselves. Father, I am sorry. Or Father, I'm sorry I'm stuck in this habit. I have a habit of doing this. I have a habit of eating this. I have a habit of doing drugs. I have a habit of drinking. I have a habit of treating people nasty. I have a habit of of controlling people. I have a habit of mistreating my wife. Or I have a habit of mistreating my children. I have a habit. I have a habit. God's saying, admit it. I'll cancel it. And I will purify you. I will, not you. Oh boy, we got to get this, guys girls. We got to get it. God has a method to purify us without us doing the work. But the work is admitting it's wrong. And knowing that you want mercy, you don't want to get thrown in jail until you pay. How are you even going to get the money to pay it back? You'll be spending the rest of your life in torment if you don't have the mercy. That's where other religions miss it. They're out there trying to earn their way. I I mean, I feel bad for some of the people knocking on doors and trying to recruit people and talk about Jesus, and they don't even understand. They cannot earn a higher place in heaven than God will give them by accepting his free gift, the mercy, the mercy, the forgiveness. And then turn around, you Christian, and start forgiving everybody around you. Do not hold them in contempt. That goes for politicians. That goes for family. That goes for friends. That goes for anyone that's crossed your path where they've injured you, hurt you, and owed you because they stole from you. The quickest way to get your life in total prosperity is to forgive those who have hurt you and did it in ignorance. They did it in ignorance. They would, most people don't intentionally hurt other people. There are really wicked people who do. And I'm not even talking about them because they aren't going to the Lord right now to get forgiveness. But we need to think about forgiving all because in our world, if you don't forgive somebody, you are hooked into that unforgiveness and it causes your blessings that God wants so desperately to get to you to be blocked. 
God is blessed. I mean, he wants to bless us with everything. You shouldn't have anything you need or want in your life. If you do, examine yourself because there's something you've got to do different. Listen, we're in a day where you need to get this, and I'll tell you why. There are shortages coming. You can see what the government's doing. You can see what people are doing. The gas prices going up, this happening, that happening, everything doubling in price. Why? Food, bread, out of control. Pricing, out of control, out of control. And they're making it worse. They want to create shortages, food shortages, all types of shortages. Why? Why would they want to do that? Could you ever ask yourself an, an intelligent, why would an intelligent person want to bring this country to its knees? So that the government could be God. That's how it works. Let them show you mercy. Oh, we'll give you a few crumbs. The government will get you some, a few bucks so you can, uh, food stamps. Let us give you those. And, and that just doesn't go for the people at the bottom. That's going to be for people who are middle class and above if you let them keep going. But we got to forgive and we've got to not judge and we've got to get ready to receive. God's going to bless you. That's the good news. And the second half of this program, we're going to talk about that blessing, how he's going to get it to you, what you can do differently, how you can correct your spiritual ineptness. What isn't happening will start happening because Jesus is Lord. And when he died on that cross, he said the, the wonderful words, it is finished. And that's what we're going to talk about. So don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. Broadcasting live from historic West Norriton Township. This is AM 1180. AM 1180. WFYL. King of Prussia. Philadelphia. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. And we're back. And, uh, you know, we get excited when we find ways to get closer to the Lord. And that is what we are all about. How do we get closer to utilizing God's Word? And how do we allow Christ in us to transform us so that He can use us? Because that's what it's all about. So here in James 4, uh, verse 7 and 8, and this is the New International Version, it says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, we talked about that before, but purifying our hearts is very important. And how do we do that? We allow the Lord to do it for us. And then here in Mark eleven twenty four and 26, he says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you received it, 
and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. For your Father in heaven has to forgive your sins. So he can, just like the guy who was the talents, right? And the talents that he uh, was using are, are owed, and then he was forgiven, but he did not forgive the others. And if we don't do that, we're not forgiven. And our it's a blessing blocker. It's a huge blessing blocker when we don't forgive those around us. Now, it takes an act of faith sometimes to forgive people, just like Jesus used faith when he died for our sins. How about we use faith and just say, by faith, I forgive so-and-so who stole money from me or hurt me or did this or did that. Maybe you can't on your own do it, but the Holy Spirit will do it through you. And then in Hebrews 11, 4 through 39, it's all the faith people, all the ones talking about, by faith, Abel did this, by faith, Enoch did that, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham, by faith. But this was all Old Testament faith. This was the, they were having their faith in the fact that the promise was yet to come. The Messiah was yet to come, and it worked for them. These are the champions of faith. In Hebrews, by faith, by faith, by faith. But remember, the old is obsolete when the new comes, and the promise is Jesus. And Jesus, the promise, came. He came into the world. By faith, Moses did this. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, by faith, by faith. And that's all by the Old Testament faith. But how much more now do we have in the promise, in the New Testament, the new covenant, the covenant that we have with Jesus. Here in Habakkuk, see, they they trusted that the promise was to come. you got to remember that. We're trusting the promise is not only come, but he's living in us. His faith is operating in each one of us. The promise, Jesus, he is the promise. He died for our sins. In Habakkuk 2.4, it says, look at the proud one. His soul is not right with him because he thinks he's doing it. He thinks he's fixing it. But the righteous will live by faith, by his faith in the true God. The righteous will live by his faith in the true God. Whose faith? Jesus's faith. It's the faith of Jesus that we're wanting to live by, not our own living in Jesus's faith, using Jesus's faith, makes all the difference in the world. For it is the righteousness of God, in Romans 1.17, for it is in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.1.1, there, uh, that, but that no one is justified by the law. You can't get justified by keeping the law. You can tell me you're the most perfect person, and I'm going to tell you it isn't going to cut it in God's world. And any of the other religions that tell you you can earn your way in, you can't. I'm sorry to say there are many, many good people that have done many, many good works, and they are that is not getting them the free pass into the kingdom of God. It is by faith in Jesus that you get in. That's the only way in. Um, so we are in Galatians 3.1.1, that no one is justified by the law. 
in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. In Galatians 3.1.1, no one is justified by the law. In the, in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. So in Galatians 2.20, it says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now have, the life which I now uh, live in the f- and and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. So we're living our life by faith in the Son of God living in us, and it's His faith that answers the prayer. It's His faith that gets the job done. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by faith in the Son of God. We are living by the faith of the Son of God in us, once we accept him. And when we believe this, when you really believe you're living by the faith of Jesus in you, then you can rest, because it's not your faith that has to do the work. It's the faith of Jesus in us, in the Word of God that's causing the Word to do the work, and Jesus in us has the faith to believe for us, and he reconciled us to him. God reconciled us to him through Christ. And that's, it's by his faith. It's by Jesus' faith. Um, By his faith, I'm healed. By Jesus' faith, I'm restored. By Jesus' faith, I am prospering. By Jesus' faith, not by mine, but by his faith. Father, I believe that you believe I believe what you believe, so therefore I rest. It's all about depending on Jesus, not our ability to develop our faith. We are using his faith. We are believing that his faith and his word is doing all the work, thereby acting, activating the quantum world to respond immediately to his faith. Hey, God made the quantum world, and Jesus in us, is speaking to it, causing it to work immediately. So that's where we want to get to, right? We want to get to where we're seeing immediate results. So immediately doing it by his faith, Jesus's faith, in us, Jesus's faith, not our faith. Our faith believes that Jesus is in us. His faith will get the work done. You can see the difference in that. There's a little twist there. But once you realize it's Jesus in you whose faith you're using, you can rest. It's getting done. Could you ever imagine that Jesus, anything he wanted, wouldn't get done? It will get done. And he's in you. And he's in me getting the job done. Purifying you, delivering you, reconciling you, fixing things all the while. All you have to do is go to Jesus Repent of your sins, judge yourself, and allow him to do the work. Do you believe that Jesus believes you're prosperous? Do you believe that Jesus believes you're healed? Of course you do, because Jesus believes it. 
Do you believe you're redeemed? Of course. Jesus used his faith to redeem you. It took his faith on the cross, believing that whoever was going to be born in the future would be totally redeemed. He had to use faith for that. He couldn't see it then. It was faith. Faith in God. He did the hard part. Now, we just have to have faith in what he already did. So you have faith in Jesus. Uh, You don't have to do anything to qualify for God to do it. Just believe that Jesus believes it. The highest form of faith, really, is rest. Rely on Jesus. When you rely on yourself, you are under the law trying to earn it. When you rely on Jesus, you rest, because he's doing the work. Mark 11, 22, 25-25, Jesus replied, Have faith in God constantly. I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, um, but believes what he says is going to take place, it will be done for him in accordance with God's will. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them, and they will be given to you. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them, drop the issue, let it go, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your trespassings. And actually, so that your Jesus in you, who died for your sins, can actually apply the grace, so that it's not about how you feel or what you did. It's about what Jesus did. We want to live under grace. I don't know about you, but I want to live under grace and mercy, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your trespasses and wrongdoings. That is huge. That is, excuse me, that is huge. That is a huge thing to have your sins not blotted out, deleted, totally deleted, totally canceled. That's what he does. No doubt. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. 1 Peter 1.23 For you have been born again, that is, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, not of seed which is perishable, but from that which is imperishable and immortal, that is through the living and everlasting word of God. Who's the Word of God? Jesus is the Word. First there was the Word. The Word became flesh, dwelt among us, dominated the earth, took over, defeated Satan, went to the cross, defeated Satan. The Word, who is Jesus, is now living in you and I when we accept him. So the Word, which was in the beginning, is now in you. Born again. You were born again. Psalm 82.5 They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. 
So we have to realize that what the earth, what's going on in the earth, what's going on in the media, what's going on all around you, you can't listen to them. They are unstable. And they are. They're all the foundations are shaking because people are, are just take, trying to have answers to everything, and they don't. Colossians 1.9, for this reason, since the day we heard it, we have not stopped praying for you, asking specifically that you be filled with the knowledge of his will and all the spiritual wisdom, insights into his purpose, and understanding of the spiritual things. So, we are to constantly pray for spiritual insight. God never intended for you to rule the earth without learning, with learning, but with discerning. So the difference is learning what the world says or discerning what God says. And we are to be discerners. That's a gift. A lot of people have it to learning to discern what's to do in any situation. When a king speaks, he does not have to go look, see if it's getting done. You are a king. You are a king's kid. You are made in the image and likeness of God. In God's order, it's God, man, Satan, and demons. The angels are with God, and we have been made for a little time, a little lower than the angels, but we will actually judge angels. That's what the Bible says. So we are a spiritual being that is made to learn to discern. Don't live your life by learning. Live your life by discerning. That's very important, to learn to discern. God never intended for you to rule without discerning. And, uh, and you are a king. You are, Jesus is the king of kings. You are a king that he's king of. You were born again into his kingdom, and you are a king. Work to learn how to be one. When a king speaks, he doesn't go look to see if it's done. He knows it's done because he gave a decree. And that's the way our prayers are. When you pray, know that your faith in the fact that Jesus is in you, carrying it out, you don't have to look to see if it's done. Be confident. It is finished. It is finished. And that's what he said. Jesus said it on the cross. It is finished. How wonderful to know that Jesus in you, Jesus in me, is the faith that we are using. His faith. His anointing. He's seated at the right hand of God. You're in him. Where are you? At the right hand of God. That is where we're seated. So, if I'm a king, Jesus is the king of kings, he's my king, here in Psalm 8, 4, and 5, in the Amplified Bible, what is my man that you are to be mindful of him, and the son of earthborn man that you care for him, yet you have made him a little lower than God, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. So you have been made a little lower than God. Go read it in Psalm 8, verse 4 and 5. Read the Amplified Version, and you will see that you have been made a little lower than God. Right under God. Right under God. So all these people that go around 
all upset because you start to declare things or believe things are going to happen, they should like read the Bible because it's talking about being like God. You are like God. Right now, you're not big G, you're little G. But we are under God. Satan is under us. Demons are under him. We have the authority over him through Jesus, the Christ, who lives in us. Jesus lives in us. His faith operating in us. And grace is not grace if you have to earn it. Grace is not grace if you have to earn it. It's only grace if it's free. So when you and I try to earn or become a better person and you're waiting to get answers from God based on the fact that you feel you're not yet worthy, that's ridiculous because you're never going to be that worthy person. And you don't need to be because Jesus, once he moves in, he moved his righteousness right inside of you. Did you invite him in? If you didn't, you need to invite him in. If Jesus is in you, then we're using his faith, his righteousness, his everything. And he already defeated Satan. He's done. He is done. There is nothing that Satan can do. Resist the devil and he'll flee. Every day you have thoughts coming to your mind. Every day. You have to cast down all imaginations. So his only opportunity is to get thoughts into your head, getting you to speak what you think. Because if he can control your tongue, he can control your life. That's how it works. So we are not about uh, just like turning on TV and let and just repeating everything that they say. Because there's zillions of thoughts that are just not from God. And if you start repeating them, then Satan has control of your tongue. But more importantly, he has control of your life. Now, we have Jesus in us. We can surrender and submit to him, or we can continue to submit to the world. Personally, submitting to God will change your destiny. Change mine. It's changing mine. Every day and every way, by the grace of God, I get stronger and stronger. I get closer and closer to the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, having communion with God, knowing that Jesus is alive in me, and I'm using His faith in me to accomplish what I want done. What do I want done? I write down the goals, write them down on paper, and I pray, and I pray in the Spirit, and we pray over those goals, knowing that the faith of Jesus in us is causing things to happen. So, I know as we explain this, it doesn't always make sense right away. Sometimes it's next day or the day after, and all of a sudden you realize, gee, You know, it's really a good idea to start to believe for things, to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding, because it's only in trusting in the Lord that that your life will change. 
but don't trust in your faith in getting it done. And I think we have to switch gears there because if you're waiting for your faith to grow up and all of a sudden be strong enough to get everything done, let's switch gears. It's the faith that of Jesus in us that we're using. Our faith is just used to believe he's there and that we can do. We can believe that Jesus lives in us and his faith will get the job done. His faith will get the job done. So when we think about believing for things, when we think about understanding the will of God for our life, God's will is for you to prosper in all things. God's will is for you to be healthy. God's will, of course, is to have eternal life. But there are people, and there are churches, and there are Christians who don't believe that. They don't believe God wants you to have Lots of wealth. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Because right now, there are a few in this country and the world that have a lot of wealth. And a lot of that wealth is being used to cripple this country. A lot of that wealth is being given to support organizations and media that speak the lie. Why aren't more Christians using the wealth, which the Bible says the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Why aren't we acquiring that wealth and using it to take over the media, take over every aspect of life, and show people that God loves them? If the church isn't showing people that God loves them by feeding them, helping them financially in every other way, then who will? And what would be the point of the church anyway if it was broke, busted, sick, and disgusted? Come on, think about it. The church of Jesus Christ walking around broke, busted, sick, disgusted? Think about it. You come up to Jesus and you say, how's it going? Can I came to get healed? Uh, I'm having a bad day today. Uh, can you come back? I have to, I don't know. Things aren't working out. I'm, I'm in a fight right now. I'm in the battle. Uh, you don't have any idea. I'm fighting the, the demons. I'm fighting the battle. Come on. Would you ever expect Jesus to talk that way? He doesn't expect you to talk that way. Because he used his faith to, to defeat Satan so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly because he is living in us. So if, if you go up to Jesus and, and you say, well, Jesus or God, I'd like, I'm praying for healing today. And God says, yeah, that was so yesterday. We were doing healings yesterday. We're not doing healings today. You, you know, he would, God wouldn't, what's the point? Is that a God you want to serve? No. And that is not what God is. God has provided a way through Jesus on the cross that it's already done. All you and I have to do is accept the fact that it's done, accept the fact that Jesus is in us, that his faith in us is getting the job done. Put your confidence in Jesus. Put your confidence in Him, that He is doing the work in you 
And don't continue to walk around with your head down saying, I don't know, God must, uh, you don't know what I've done, Art. You don't know what my life has been like, and God has a right to hold back on me. He has a right, I guess I'm, I'm going through things because God is teaching me a lesson. I hate to break the news to you if you think that way. God doesn't use Satan's tools to teach anyone a lesson. God wants to deliver you. He wants to set you free. He wants you to be healed, to be prosperous. Jesus went to the cross and allowed himself to be crucified. And by faith, he believed that all our transgressions and sins were forgiven, past, present, and future. Everyone from the past, everyone from the future, under the cross. And when he got done on that cross, he said, It is finished. What? It's finished for every individual who grab onto it. It's finished for everyone who will judge themselves and accept Jesus and use the faith of Jesus in them to have victory over every circumstance and situation that you come up against. So will you join the armies of Jesus who are living this way? Will you do that? And you can go to armies with a number four, Jesus.com, and you can get these messages, lots of different ones, and other things that we have posted. You need to become part of the army for Jesus. You need to put Jesus in your heart. I don't care what religion you go to or what faith you belong to. Make Jesus the Lord of your life, and you won't have to earn the kingdom. You will have the grace and have the free gift of be given, given eternal life no matter what. In the meantime, the faith of Jesus in us working will cause you to prosper in home, business, social, mental, physical, spiritual, and financial areas because God wants you to prosper. He wants you to prosper. So what's holding you back? Let Jesus be the Lord of your life, not just on Sundays, but every day. Spend time drawing near to Him. Pray. Pray in the Spirit. Have communion, because that's what it is. Communing with the Lord and Him, Jesus, in you will do the work, and the Holy Spirit and the angels will see to it. But a great week. You have a great week. I will talk to you again next week. Talk to you then. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time.